In a league where anyone can beat anyone, sometimes it feels like no one's counting and the points don't matter. But I'm counting. And of course they matter for the power rankings. This is Locked On Big 12. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome into Locked On Big 12. I'm Drake Toll from ESPN Central Texas. Thank you for making Locked On Big 12 your first listen every single day. Let's hit power rankings, Utah killing the Pac-12, and the midseason hot seat. Power rankings, there is a new number one in this league. I think the first week of the season, I had Texas, Kansas State, OU, all like top three or five for sure. But I believe Kansas State was up there at the one slot. I wanted to be kind of different and quirky. Wanted to predict, get on the front end of Texas being bad because they usually are bad. And number one in the power ranking, no longer the Texas Longhorns. Look, they're good. Red River rivalry was a great game. Oklahoma with the win. They get to move to number one. And because everybody else in the Big 12 has been just unproven or mediocre to this point, Texas is at two still. No West Virginia, no Kansas there. Look, I think West Virginia has the potential to be a top two team, to go to Arlington based on what the schedule looks like the rest of the way for them. Here is the problem. Here is the problem. And this might upset you if you're a Big 12 fan, or it could be the best news ever. Iowa State can beat Cincinnati. Cincinnati can beat UCF. UCF can beat Texas Tech. Texas Tech can beat Kansas. Kansas can beat TCU. Oklahoma State can beat Kansas. Iowa State can beat BYU. Right. I hope what you see here is that a whole lot of these teams can beat a whole lot of these teams. There is a a world in which it's Texas, OU, then a damn good eight and four West Virginia team, a really solid nine and three Kansas team. We are we're looking down the barrel of that, considering how equal this conference is. This week, West Virginia at number three. Neil Brown, maybe you're unfired. CJ Donaldson, my favorite player on earth. Whoever comes out at West Virginia quarterback is as meaningful as as meaningful as this empty box of Nature Valley crunchy peanut butter. Oh, there's one. There's one in there. It is as meaningless. As meaningless as the one Nature Valley Crunchy Peanut Butter Bar that I didn't know I had in this box. I don't care who you put at quarterback for West Virginia. They just win with the offensive line, with C.J. Donaldson, toting the rock. I like the Mountaineers. They're number three. Number four, Kansas. The most potent offense maybe in the whole Big 12 outside of Oklahoma and Texas. Even without Daniels at quarterback, Bean has been great. Devin Neal at running back is spectacular. The receivers have been impressive. The O-line that was, you know, for years and years, oh, well, Kansas just doesn't have a Power 5 O-line. Those rumors have been quelled. Kansas at four. Number five team in the Big 12 right now, BYU. Now, you'll remember BYU cracked in the top five earlier this season prior to that loss to Kansas after the Arkansas win. Then with the Kansas loss, it's like, all right, do we put this team square in the middle? Do we drop them to the bottom half of the conference? And honestly... By virtue of teams like Kansas State, Texas Tech, Iowa State struggling, BYU is a top five team in the Big 12 right now. Until proven otherwise. I am a a guilty until proven otherwise. BYU, you are guilty of being possibly really good in Big 12 play. So I've got you at number five this week. At six, one of the most disappointing losses in the Big 12 this season. I am not ready to say Oklahoma State is an elite team or a good team. I am not ready. Despite now, they'll finally run the ball with Ollie Gordon. As Kansas State 
12-point favorites. Vegas told you. The analytics told you. Everybody everybody says from paper to the, the X's and O's, the Jimmy's and Joe's, you should beat Oklahoma State. And then you didn't. Kansas State at six, which might be generous based on a couple of slip-ups now for the Wildcats. Number seven, Texas Tech, the Red Raiders. They were on the back half in that final for the, that bottom four spot up until the last couple of weeks. Now 2-0 in Big 12 play. After wins against Baylor, a big win against Houston last week as well. Texas Tech in the top seven. There's your top seven. Number eight, Iowa State. Good now, question mark. The same team that lost to Ohio, the Bobcats, earlier this year. Iowa State now seems like they want to play some decent football. Rocco, that's a cool name for a quarterback. He's not a great quarterback, but I I, I say that. He's shown some good flashes. And he's now won a couple of games in this league where anybody can beat anybody. Iowa State's defense is going to keep this team churning for the rest of the year. That's what's elite about this team. Um, Outside of that, it's just, uh, hey, offensively, put somebody out there, see what sticks. Receiving core is pretty even. Eli Sanders was really impressive this weekend. He's a guy that has flown under the radar in conference. That that not nobody's talking about him, but he's he's been good. Back as long as he does enough. This team's going to be okay. Number nine, Oklahoma State. You won. Then then Mike Gundy danced in the locker room afterwards, and everybody's like, all right, rehire Mike Gundy. Ollie Gordon is a top five back in this league. He was underutilized earlier this year. Alan Bowman is not a very good quarterback. It seems like everyone on your roster, though, is not a very good quarterback. Hell, put Ollie Gordon at quarterback and see what happens this week. Alan Bowman, 235 yards. He doesn't turn the ball over. 19 for 35 is bad, but he doesn't turn the ball over. Oklahoma State at number nine. Number 10, TCU. What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? We just shipped you off to the national championship game. We just said you're our our representative for the college football playoff. You won a game. Did Georgia break you? Now with no Chandler, Chandler Morris. I just don't know, TCU. They have fallen all the way to 10, the power rankings. 11, Cincinnati. The, my, uh, my, my heart goes out to Cincy. Because Cincy, in, the, in a group of five year this year, is a really tough football team. That defense is salty. I, think, I really think that if you give a, a slight, like a power five offensive line to a guy in Emory Jones, he's going to be okay. He can make plays. Obviously, he has made plays at other schools before and has done well at Cincinnati at times. But now the Bearcats, despite a bye week, that just don't have a lot of momentum. They're 11. Number 12, UCF. You get the same treatment as TCU. What are you doing? Timmy McLean, John Rice Plumley. I don't care who it is. This defense is like Swiss cheese. Man, What? Gus Malzahn has done it at the Power 5 level. He's been there before, unlike some of these other new coaches. Malzahn's done it. And you're just not winning. And and not only that, but it looked ugly against Kansas this weekend. I know you're on the road. It's not a tough place to play. Kansas people wouldn't tell you it's a tough place to play. You let them hang 51 on you. You trailed 24-0 at halftime. This was a good old-fashioned beatdown. I don't know if Timmy McLean's entirely the issue. It seems like the offense, from a playmaker standpoint, has shown flashes. But God bless, man. Not good for UCF. Hopefully John Rice Plumley is the spark. Number 13, the Baylor Bears. Maybe, hear me out, just maybe a really bad team 
caught a flash of luck and got a win when Baylor beat UCF. Because they, I, I, again, I've seen this team in person now all six games. It's part of my job at ESPN Central Texas. And I missed the paint drying competition in Grosbeck for this weekend's game. I hear this year's competition was impeccable. Folks were enthralled. And I was sitting there in the press box watching Baylor get boat raced by Texas Tech, the same team they boat raced at Jones AT&T last year. Baylor, you suck. And 14 Houston. I'm sorry, ma'am. Dana Holgerson comes in, has a lot of success early on. We think, all right, Houston's going to be good. They can do this whole Power 5 thing, and they cannot for now. Number one, Oklahoma. Number two, Texas. Number three, West Virginia. Kansas falls at four. BYU at five. Your top five, OU, Texas, West Virginia, Kansas, and BYU, just as we all predicted. The power rankings follow out with Kansas State at six, Texas Tech seven, Iowa State eight, Oklahoma State 9, TCU falls in at 10, Cincy at 11, UCF at 12, Baylor surprising this season at 13, and Houston at 14. Here on Locked On Big 12, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's show is brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company. Man, I drink beer all the time. I drink beer at work. I drink beer at play. I drink non-alcoholic brews. That's what they are. They're not even really, you know, it's, it's tough to say beer. Because they're non-alcoholic brews from Athletic Brewing Company. They have awesome flavors. Over 50 flavors. Multiple styles of beer. IPAs, Goldens, Sours. Great tasting. Award winning. Constantly releasing new Limited edition beer, fit for all times, watching a big game or your kid's game. No hangovers ever. Find Athletic in stores, online at bars around the country right now. Go get their showers. The showers are great. First-time customers use code LOCKEDON to get 15% off your first online order. That's code LOCKEDON at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company is fit for all times. Again, that is athleticbrewing.com. So it was you, Ta, who killed the Pac-12 overall. I am so shocked. And look, maybe you're a Utah fan out there going, we did not. I don't know why you sound like that. We did not kill the Pac-12. But look, Klyovkov, everybody has said, this whole, all the presidents are together. It's like, you know what? $30 million on the table. What do we do? And Utah says, nope. The president, Taylor Randall, says, nope. And, and Don Cazano this week is like, hey, look, you know, I've got, I've got sources. I'm going to put together this really good report that says who puts the final nail in the coffin of the Pac-12 and that it is Taylor Randall of Utah who hears $30 million and scoffs and says, you know what? What about instead of 30, we almost double it and go with 50. So as we look around the conference, and, and here's kind of the point I want to make. I like a lot of Utah fans. I've gotten to know a lot of Utah fans through the banter of your, of your team coming into the Big 12. But it seemed like so many vocal of the vocal Utes didn't want this move. They wanted to stay in the Pac-12, be loyal to the conference that gave them the Power 5 moniker. And that makes sense. I understand why there'd be some loyalty there, especially if your leadership is what helped sink the ship. 
Taylor Randall has since responded, saying, The Pac-12 presidents and chancellors work collectively. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. John Cazano comes out, who's been so good in realignment, and says, pretty, he's been pretty solid in realignment, and says that this is strictly on Taylor Randall. And now, Cazano didn't say that, but it's what you gather from his report. And of course, Randall responds with, Hey... This was a group effort. Throughout the process, he says, many of the CEOs, including myself, pushed to ensure that the conference was aggressive to secure the very best agreement. Several conference schools retained their own consultants to value the league, which resulted in a range of estimations. It is my understanding that any mention of $50 million, which was higher than any valuation, was only as a potential starting point in negotiations to help get us to an estimated true value. So what Randall's case is, is that the Pac-12 heard $30 million, and Randall's like, look, hey, George, what if we just say like fifty million, and then we do the old, the, the the oldest trick in the book of you know, aim high, what is it, shoot shoot high, aim low, aim high, shoot low. I don't know, man. Right, you shoot for the moon, and if you miss, at least you land in the stars. That's probably what Randall said to Klyovkov, and he was like, you know what, that makes a lot of sense, and that's what led to one of the worst business decisions in college football history. So what Randall has said that I, I'm, I'm going to try to back him up here, and I'll. We'll take his word for a second. He is saying, hey, look, from from jump, I just wanted to throw out a crazy stupid number that was higher than any valuation and see where ESPN went. And maybe the, the Pac-12 commissioner takes that to ESPN and ESPN's like, nope, we can't do that. We're out. And he goes, all right, well, we're not negotiating. See you later. That is kind of the way that Randall would like to pitch this to you. But that's just not that's not how this works. Randall came in, you know, guns a blazing. Nope. $50 million, right? What? If I go out, if I want to sell my car right now on Facebook Marketplace, my 2016 Nissan Maxima on Facebook Marketplace, and I put it up for $50,000, no one's going to respond. This car new was probably a $20,000 car. I put it up for $50,000. Seven years, 125,000 miles on it. No one's going to no one's going to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll send you an offer because they know the offer should be somewhere around the twelve thousand dollar range, maybe. But I put it up for fifty thousand dollars. So I look like the idiot already. And then they think, well, if he's expecting 50 and we give him 12, then there's no way he'll accept that. Right. See, that that's when all these people who are like, oh, well, you guys who think this is stupid must not know negotiation. No. We, we've all had it, like you as a person have had to negotiate stuff before, right? Every day, you'd probably negotiate with your kids because they want X kind of cereal and you're out of it. And then what's your backup option? Do you go to get the more cereal? Do you, you, you use the gross, the, the, the stale, what are the round ones with honey? Honey, uh, not bunches of oats. What are they? Cheerios. You're negotiating. And you don't be like, hey, look, kid. <laughs> Instead of cereal, I'll give you a million dollars. Expect your son to be like, oh, it's fine, Dad. I'll take $10. <laughs> just, you know, uh, right? Well, we're taking the value of something that, that no valuation. Randall almost is burying himself here saying, like, hey, look, we were never told that we were worth $50 million. We were just kind of, you know, demanding we get $50 million. Please give it to us now. We're worth that. We promise. No one will estimate us at $50 million, but just, just trust us. Who's your source, Randall? Who's your source that the Pac-12 is worth $50 million? Uh, the voices in my head? Yes, that would make a lot of sense. 
And it's this guy of everybody, you know, we could go to snow. We could go across the Pac-12 and say, who do we blame? USC and UCLA killed everybody. It was Arizona State and their bad leadership. It was George Klyovkov. And we find out at the end of the day that it was Utah's president who was the one guy who was like, no, I'm Taylor Randall. And we are going to be right here at 50 million a year. You're going to give it to us, and we're never leaving. That's what we're worth. We know our worth. And then they got the invite to the Big 12. They hated that. And I don't, you know, I, just, I hope if you're a Utah fan, you see, like, oh, you know what? Yeah, maybe we did kind of screw this up a little bit. Maybe, maybe we were the final nail or the first nail in this coffin. And fine, we'll be happy to be in the Big 12. That's all I'm asking of Utah. That's all I'm asking of Utah is to be happy to be in the Big 12. This Locked On Big 12, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's show is also sponsored by FanDuel. It's where I go to win money. I lost a little bit of money this weekend, made some money back on Sunday like I do. Snap an action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook right now. New customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. You bet 5 bucks, you get 200 in bonus bets $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've ever been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time now than now to bet on spreads, player props, over-unders, more. There's an app you can download, easy to use, wide range of betting options. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel is the official sports betting partner of the NFL. All right, who is brushing up those LinkedIn's? Who's about to get fired? It should be Spectrum because they do my Wi-Fi and it has been terrible all week. Let's first and foremost, initial hot seat, Spectrum. I'm going to take you from hottest of hot to safe. The hottest seat in the Big 12 right now is really not close. Dana Holgerson at Houston. I hope the bags are packed. I get, you know, I get Houston's a very humid place. Uh, Maybe you didn't like that. Maybe you wanted to be out the door this entire time. Well, you got what you wished for. Brush up the resume, make some phone calls. Dana Holgerson, you got four X's from the judges. There's no way Houston could be this unprepared, underprepared for, for Big 12 play. I can I can vaguely, vaguely understand the excuse of, oh, we couldn't recruit for Big 12 players. No, the portal is a really good way to do that. Houston, time to move on. He was good. He, he, he was good in the beginning. Time to go. Dave Aranda at Baylor. It's tough to say time to go, but at two and four for a team that was predicted on the top half of the Big 12 preseason and has been terrible, the only, literally only good thing that's gone for you. You have two wins and one good thing that's gone for you, and it was that one quarter. of On the season, Baylor has played one good quarter of football, that being against UCF, where the team surmounted a 28-point deficit, came back to win. Dave Aranda has lost the fan base entirely. The team does not look good right now, and there's no getting around that. I mean, you know, I, I as somebody who went to Baylor, I wish it was different. It'd be a lot cooler if it was. Dave Aranda's on the hot seat. Is he gone this season? Buyout's too big. He's going to have to wallow around the rest of this year in the Big 12. Get the Neil Brown treatment, who we'll talk about coming up, when it comes to hot seats. Now, the middle ground. The coaching hot seat purgatory. What do we do with you? Where do you go? Number one, Gus Malzahn. Gus, again, similar thing, right? 
you've been power five head coach. You've vied for national championships. You've won one as an OC where you were the true mastermind. And your team looks really underprepared to be in the Big 12. Recruiting's going really well. You're in a great spot in Orlando. I mean, I, I went. I, I enjoyed my time in Orlando. It was great. Why have things collapsed so much this year? You know, you, you won that road, road game against Boise State, which doesn't look near as good now. Boise's been pretty bad. Hot garbage. Now, Gus is disappointed to start his UCF career. His seat's not hot, but he's in the purgatory. Matt Campbell, I know you just won. You just beat TCU. But at some point, I think Iowa State fans will get tired of 6-6, six and 5-7, six, 7-5. And seven, seven and They're like, you know what? Fine. Let's win every year a lot. Can Matt Campbell do that? No. No, we can't. Matt Campbell will never have consecutive nine-win, ten-win seasons uh, over the course of the rest of his career at Iowa State. I don't think so. I mean, he's had a, he's had back-to-back good years, but he, he just, it doesn't seem consistent, sustainable. I don't, you don't fire the guy. He brought you out of some dark years, a.k.a. your entire history. But you think about it. Neil Brown, what do we do with you, buddy? You were so fired, it was over. It was so over for you preseason. And now you're in hot seat purgatory. Your seat was, you're, you didn't have a seat. You were so fired. They're just the money thing. It was like, oh, well, we're going to wait a little bit. You know, we can't, we're not going to fire him now. And now your team could play for a Big 12 championship. So that's something to keep an eye on. Neil Brown, you're not fired. You're not exactly hired yet either. We're going to have to just see. This is one of the weirder things that I've seen happen in college athletics. The team picked last is actually good. Coaches Mark Safe, Sarkeesian. Ugh. All right. You know, is he a good guy? I don't know. He does some weird stuff. Brett Venables, skeleton man. You're safe. You had a bad, bad year last year, but whatever. I'll give you the Oklahoma job. You can keep it. Kalani Satake. On the lower end of safe, he is completely safe. But on the lower end, if the bottom falls out and BYU only wins a game or two down the stretch, then you start thinking about, hmm, is he the guy? But it's good for your coach to be safe as one of the new teams. I like Kalani Satake. I hope he stays there forever. I believe he can lead with great coordinators, lead lead BYU to a lot of success in the Big 12. Lance Leipold, certainly safe. Nobody's done anything like that at Kansas. Chris Kleiman, despite a bad, bad loss, safe. Maybe in the same boat of a Matt Campbell, though. Can he win in back-to-back years? Can he be successful at the top of the conference in back-to-back years? Jury's still out there. Need to see that from Chris Kleiman. Sonny Dykes. Another guy who's dropped some tough games this year, now one to Iowa State. That's bad. You're safe. National Championship, college football playoff, of course you're safe. But maybe on the middle end of safe. Joey McGuire. Team looks much better. Whew, dodge the bullet. If you lost to Baylor and dropped to two and four, we'll be having a different conversation of, ah, you can't rally the fan base like that and then just completely suck. But you've been pretty good. Scott Satterfield, safe for now. The defense is good. I wish this team was a group of five team. They'd be a lot better. They'd look a lot better. They'd be respected nationally. I, b- I believe that. Could be undefeated at this point in the group of five for Scott F- Satterfield and company. Even despite, well, I guess maybe not because they have that Miami of Ohio thing. Scott, you're safe by virtue of you being a first-year head coach, but you better clean it up. 
middle to end of safe, though squarely safe. This has been It Always Will Be. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. I love you all. I love talking to you every day. Mwah. Ha This has been It Always Will Be. Locked on. Thanks for making it your first listen every single day. Dose Grande.